Welcome back. It's time for Say What, where we hear from those connected to the industry about what's going on in our world of electrical apprenticeship. And we keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it, that it includes the topics that you've suggested or have brought to us in, in various ways. So please, please keep those coming. I'm Cindy Sandifer, your host, and I'm here with Todd Stafford, the Executive Director of the Electrical Training Alliance. And today we've got a super special treat for you. We are joined by Keith Edwards and Grace Smith with the Electrical Workers Minority Caucus. And you may have heard that said, EWMC for short. And they are going to talk about the amazing work that they do and how we can get involved. Well, will you all um, share with us a little bit about the EWMC? I'm just thinking there's a lot of people out there that don't know what it stands for, who you are. Like, can you, Keith, I'll start with you. Can you tell us about it? Well, we all belong to a, a, um, a brotherhood, IBW. Um, but I think um, EWMC really brings it home to what a brotherhood is about because EWMC is a family. Uh, we're siblings. Um, people feel safe and secure when they come to EWMC. They feel their voices will be heard and they are heard. And that's um, a testament to our success. Um, Sister Robbie Sparks um, got us started back in 91. We started in 74 years ago at the convention in Kansas City. But Robbie Sparks reinvigorated us, our renaissance, I call it, um, back in 91. And um, we've been having annual meetings ever since. And what really is pervasive throughout uh, the EWMC is Sister Sparks' spirit. Because um, she had such a giving, caring, loving spirit. And she doesn't take no for an answer when it comes to people being treated fairly and, and equitably. And that's who she is. And that spirit will never die. Um, that spirit is what drives um, EWMC today. Yeah, that I had mentioned to y'all, like only attended a virtual conference. Um, it was my first time experiencing it. And even virtually, you know, when you can feel that that sense of community and belonging and and that fire and that everyone is welcome. I mean, that was the, one of the most beautiful things to see. Um, and it's just and, and that was one of the first thoughts I think I was texting Todd um, during the conference because I'm like, everyone needs to know about, you know, the Electrical Workers Minority Caucus. Like everyone needs to know. And I think there's too many apprentices because that's who we deal with most is the JTCs, the AJTCs. You know, I'm like, do they know? Do they even know this exists? You know, so that was one of the things that you moved me to feel uh, during that. Grace, anything you want to add to to who you all are? <laughs> Well, um, President Abbott said it, said it all, but uh, what we do, we're the EWMC. We are fighting for working class families um, for many years. We're forever lifting up, forever moving forward. Who do we represent? We represent all IBEW members. And, you know, we're just, we're here uh, to make the brotherhood of IBEW better. And that's what EWMC was founded for back in 1974, as Keith uh, said, you know, a few uh, delegates of African-American and Hispanic, they met at the 30th annual convention and they felt that they were not, their voices were not being um, heard. And so they formed at that time, uh, we've been called the Black Caucus 
and we ended up with the EWMC. And we're here, we're IBEW members, and we're here to make the IBEW better. And there's no doubt you do that, because my experience was there. I felt more at home with the brother and sisterhood ever ever had before at EWMC meeting, no doubt. So you succeeded in that effort, no doubt. Yeah, you've taken it to this this whole different level. So how did you how did you find out about the EWMC and how did you get involved, Keith? Like, what was your your first steps? Well, I, I became a business rep in my local uh, local forty eight in um, Portland, Oregon, and we're predominantly a construction local. But my um, one of my duties as a business rep was uh, Siemens Energy and Automation. Um, under the IBEW um, uh, banner, uh, the EW the Siemens Energy and Automation had what we call a system council. Uh, Sister Sparks out of uh, 2127 in Atlanta, Georgia was the president of that system council. And um, also we had, you know, that's how we met because like I say, that was my assignment in my local. We had a Siemens Energy and Automation um, panel fab plant in Portland. And so we met through that and, um, and through that we had conversations and Sister Sparks, that was back in 1990 and Sister Sparks was talking about well, you know what, I'm trying to put together um, a conference next year. We're gonna have it in Atlanta and we're gonna have some people show up and we're gonna talk about some issues and concerns that we have with them um, trying to improve or make the IBW better. And so that's that's when uh, uh, Robbie and I met and immediately um, there's um, something that I, I, I share. Um, I had one sibling, a younger brother who I lost um, about 40 years ago. But I always had this thing, there was something always that I wanted a big sister and I was always looking for a big sister. And um, when I met Sister Sparks, that is my big sister. We are not biologically connected, but we're even closer than biological siblings um, because um, we love one another, we respect one another and we care for one another. And she was the big sister that I'd been looking for. And so our relationship has only blossomed and grown since then. And um, we, um, from there, I went to Atlanta in uh, January of 91. Um, and there's probably <clears throat> Sister Royetta Sanford um, out of our local 18 in LA says that we had 40 some people there. Robbie and I say we had probably about 25 or 30 people there. <laughs> but it was a good conference. It was a good beginning. And um, at that conference, we talked about the convention coming up, the 100th anniversary convention in St. Louis. And we put together a plan to, um, to establish a, um, what we wanted was a minority affairs department um, in Washington, DC out of the IO. What came out of that was a human services department and Royetta Sanford was the first director of that department. Mm -hmm. And we've gone forward since then. And we've had um, many uh, things that have really impacted um, the IBW along the way, as far as um, what we do with our conference, how it's um, caught on to the IBW and other labor organizations, and how it's it's made such a difference. I think, and uh, you know, we consider ourselves probably the soul and conscience of the IBW. Um, our conference that we have in January, which we've been uh, moving, it goes all around the country. We've been Atlanta, in Atlanta several times. We've been in Chicago several times. We've been in Portland a couple of times been in Seattle, we've been in LA a few times, um, been in Kansas City a couple of times. And so we continue to move around in different places, Washington DC, New York City, uh, we've been in Tampa. Um, I take that back, I'm sorry, we, we've been in Orlando, Florida. Um, but we've, um, we continue to move around so we can have more exposure 
and try to get more get the information out to all the brothers and sisters in the um, in the IBW so they can understand that um, a lot of times that we've been uh, perceived as an organization that wants to either take over the IBW or divide the IBW and separate. We're not about separation. We're about collaboration and coordination. And we want to bring the IBW together so that everybody feels um, that they're a part of this organization and has a voice and is treated with equity and in uh, and inclusion. And we're going to be a diverse organization. This country is diverse. The IBW is diverse. And we're going to be diverse in our, um, in our leadership as well as um, throughout the um, uh, brotherhood. Um, like as you're sitting there, I'm feeling that right. This this collaboration, this idea of it's making us stronger, it's making us better. But to think it started with you finding that big sister, you know that that you you know because of the work you were doing, it wasn't regarding you know this focus of of equity and inclusion. It was focused on your work, and then you make you know this connection with this big sister, and then moving forward, and then you guys go go on to do incredible work and in bringing people together, and that's just that's just beautiful to me. Grace, what about you? Like, how did you get involved? Um, I'm happy to say it's, it's been 20 in January will be 20 years. I had a very forward thinking business oh, wow. manager. Um, his name was Danny Johnson. And he um, called a couple of us union members who were, you know, he saw that we were actively participating within our local and he got five of us and from different parts of the company and said, Hey, you know, I heard about, you know, EWMC, I want you to go and I want you to find out and bring it back to the local. And, and that was it. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was in awe. I was, I had been a union member then for probably 19 years and I had never heard of EWMC. And the first, you know, when I got to the meet, uh, got to the meeting, it was the day of service and it was, you know, all these people that looked like me, you know, and, and they, and they embraced me and they were willing to help me and willing to educate me. And, to, you know, and I learned so much, my very first conference and my very first conference was in Portland, Oregon, and it was really cold that year. And we were outside <laughs> and, and, and I come from PNI, so I, I'm actually inside. And so I was outside working with uh, my construction union brothers and sisters. And it was, it was just the most amazing feeling and that was just the first day and that was just the community service and then when you start listening to you know Robbie Sparks uh, when she spoke and she told the history of EWMC and she told the history that you know that I didn't know it's like we you know when we speak of EWMC and we speak of IBEW we don't tell the true history you know uh, minorities had to sue the union to be involved and you don't learn that history. And that history was taught. And, and it just brung us up to the most current day. And, you know, and I met sisters like Dorothy Fortier out of 1245. I met Carolyn Williams out of Local 613. I read, uh, met Rietta Sanford out of Local 18. And, and it's, it's all these amazing women and women of color who were doing amazing things in IBEW that I never knew was possible. And again, and it's like I say, 20 years and it's like, and I am just, I'm, I'm here. It's like, and I'm not, I'm never, ever leaving, ever leaving. 
Yeah, well, we thank you. No doubt, we definitely thank you for your efforts and your work as well because there's no doubt the greatest strength of our IBEW Brother Institute is we're feeling like a family. And whatever you do to elevate that, it help elevates all of us. So thank you. Yeah, and you're not just here, Grace. Like, I've experienced you, like, in conferences. Like, you're you're doing so much. And I, I love that you talked about, you know, seeing yourself. You know, that's one of the most important things. And I know as the IBW and NECA and, and we – you know, are moving forward in this to make our industry, as you pointed out, better. This isn't about separating. It's about recognizing there's so many more people out there that can contribute to being a part of our family, contribute to the work we do, make a difference in their community, you know, and, and we're missing that if we don't pull in and, and recognizing our history. You know, when we try to cover stuff up, mm-hmm. nothing good comes from that because it, it just, those roots are deep and we need to recognize them, expose it, accept you know, that this happened and then realize we don't ever want to be there again. What do we do to make sure that doesn't happen? And, but I wanted to point out the community service. I think that's such an important part of what, it's not just a conference, you know, where you're learning, right? It's not just all soul focused on us. I mean, you're going out, right? Yes. We're going out into whatever uh, city that we're in, we go out to that city and we have anywhere from five to 13 service projects, anywhere from five to 600 delegates that actually come in early to do the day of service. And we're actually giving back. And we, you know, we get up or like, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., we, we, know, we come down, we, we, you know, we have prayer, we know, we eat breakfast, you know, the, the delegates, they go out to their areas to volunteer and it could be a homeless shelter it could be cleaning the park it can be installing light fixtures it could be fixing electrical fixtures i mean it's it's all gamuts of community service and you know and our members our delegates are getting up i mean they they love that you know they some bring their own tools like they travel with their tools and you know and they're just ready to put in the work and to give back because community service is one of our founding um, um, items for EWMC, giving back to our community. And that's, I mean, that's what it's about, right? That's what makes that togetherness uh, that Keith was talking about. That's what proves it, right? We're not just doing this for us. We're doing it for our communities and the communities that we serve every day. And then I think the local chapters do this, right? Like they do community service wherever they are. Is that correct? Oh. Not only community service, but they also, they have a International Day of Service, where we all coordinate on that particular Saturday around the country and in Canada, um, our chapters are doing community service. And it's in, and I think what it does at our conference, it sets the tone. It, it's about giving. It's about getting out of yourself and giving back to that community. We perform um, somewhere around 2,000 hours of community service in one day. And that's, I think that's amazing in itself, but that's like Grace says, our volunteers show up on Wednesday and, and if they don't have projects to do on, on Thursday morning, they're going to be very disappointed and upset. And um, mm-hmm. they're very clear about that. They don't have a problem getting up early and getting out, whether it's in uh, Denver or, or whether it's in Detroit. And um, oddly enough, when we were in Detroit, it was a beautiful sunshiny day. Um, and that because we're always in January, but it always it always works out that we um, we end up um, having these projects and some they try to plan for making sure that they're indoors in the in the um, in the north um, of our country because it you know it could be rather chilly or we can have really terrible inclement weather. But at some for some reason it always turns out well, 
and we always get the service done for the community. And it's not only good for EWMC and our conference and getting folks in that mindset, but it also um, helps them, the um, local union that is hosting it, because um, we try to make sure that we have a little blurb on the news that evening that um, lets the community know that th this is what the IBW is about. We're about giving back. We're not just out here, it's a labor organization and, oh, we want more money. We want more of this, we want more of that. Take, take, take. That's not what we're about. And, and that message is loud and clear that we're about giving. We appreciate what we have. We're gonna fight to get, um, get more, but at the same time, we're gonna always give back and help the communities that we're in and those that are less fortunate because our projects typically are going um, to help communities and areas that normally wouldn't be able to get this work done otherwise, whether it's painting, whether it's um, landscaping work, uh, whether it's electrical work, whether it's um, feeding um, the homeless with food baskets. And and um, and, and sometimes we work at, um, at a, a daycare centers at children's centers uh, to um, help enhance their environment. So those are the kind of things that we do on a consistent basis wherever we go. And we always make sure that wherever EWMC goes, we're going to leave the community better than we found it. It's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Excuse me. So what do you want our listeners, like someone that's listening, maybe they've heard of you, maybe they've never heard. Like, what do you want them to know about the EWMC and the work you do? Grace, I'll start with you. Okay. I just want to say that the EWMC mission is about leadership, activism, help lifting up others and having a role and voice in our local union. The EWMC, it grew out of, you know, the lack of diversity and inclusion with the IBEW, but we're here. The primary mission is to promote equal opportunities of employment for minorities of all levels of IBEW, to, you know, make the IBEW better, to give back to our community, to, you know, to do the work that is needed, to show, you know, give a positive light to the local unions and our local union activism. Very well. Excellent. Keith, anything you want to add to that? Um, we're trying, we're an educational organization as well. We want to make sure that our members know and understand what we've noticed um, is that too often our members, um, um, and this is not just EWMC members, this is IBW members as well. They take an oath um, an obligation to the Constitution, um, but they never read that document. Mm -hmm. And so we want to encourage them to know more about the document that they took an oath to. Because if everyone looks at that document that took an oath to it, I think a lot of, oftentimes they would change their behavior. There's objects in that, in that, um, that um, document. There's also the, um, the um, declaration that's in the beginning of that document as well. And it talks about things about humanity and so talks about uh, treating our sisters and brothers um, as equal and helping them, lifting them up. And that's what we're about as an organization as well. And I think when that, when that happens and our folks start uh, getting that, um, that um, education and, and learning more about um, the IBW, um, they can see what our founding fathers were about. Now, just like um, we're changing the um, constitution, a new constitution should be coming out this month and it's going to have gender neutral language. Um, that started with the EWMC. Um, we don't have any standing at a convention, but we have allies that are able to make that happen. And um, we had three, in fact, um, 
uh, resolutions that were passed at this convention that enhance the Constitution and make it better. And uh, those resolutions, of course, were promoted and, and supported by uh, President St uh, Stevenson, as well as um, International Secretary Treasurer Cooper. And so our message sometimes has been challenging uh, to get that message across. Um, change is difficult. However, uh, we don't come from an adversarial place. We come from a co collaborative place. And uh, we try to convey that and make sure so that people understand and know that, yes, we are trying to change the IBW because the IBWI has always been kind to people of color and women. But um, we're going to um, work to change that so that everybody has an equal chance at, at, at any opportunities that they seek within the IBW, whether it's in uh, leadership, whether it's in uh, management or um, being in union leadership, um, all of that um, is open to all members. Um, certainly, I know that my um, ambitions were pretty much <laughs> limited when it comes to uh, being in leadership in the IBW. I, I never had any desire to that. I was gonna work with the tools and I was gonna retire. But um, um, so then I um, started getting involved and coming to general membership meetings and realizing that um, there were things that um, that I could influence and, and along with others uh, to make the IBW a better organization. Um, and I've learned a lot along the way. I've made a lot of uh, great relationships um, uh, throughout the country and in Canada as well. And those wouldn't have come about, I don't think, without um, uh, the IBW and certainly without the EWMC um, because in those relationships that um, that we have made, and it's not just myself, it's um, our executive committee um, um, period, because we get to meet people from all over the uh, country. And when we come together, we don't come together as Keith Edwards, president of the EWMC. I come as a retired IBW member, and I'm able to uh, speak in, to uh, brothers and sisters um, that um, pay dues just like um, just like I paid dues. And all of our um, our executive committee and, and all of our chapters are shared, this information is shared with them so that they have a better understanding of, like I say, not to go in with the stick, but go in with um, with um, a, um, a, peace, a, a peace offering, if you will, or a handshake or a hug. Um, and that, I think I shared it earlier that we are known as the Hugging Conference. Um, and um, that's that may be a challenge this year, but I think uh, people, if they, they may be hugging with masks on, but they will be hugging at our conference uh, because that's who we are and that's what we're about. And I think that it, the beauty of our conference as well is that it happens in January. There's nothing going on um, early in January um, in the IBW typically. And so what happens is people come together and it rejuvenates them. Um, you know, they just got through uh, the holidays and they got through maybe a rough or tough year, but it rejuvenates them and inspires them and encourages them to go back home to their local union, share the information they received at our conference amongst those that were able to attend and get to work, get busy, um, get your hands dirty and get involved. And it makes a huge difference. Um, uh, we're very proud that uh, we we have a um, the, our first woman international vice president of the um, IBW. Uh, we have the uh, Rochincio out of um, Hawaii who is on the IEC, and um, this is 
the second time that we've had a, um, a woman or person of color, uh, Mel Horton was our first um, uh, person of color that, uh, that was IVP of the fifth district years ago. And um, we've uh, also had, um, and I'm sorry, I lost his name that quick. And um, he's the business manager out of um, uh, local 77 in, um, uh, I'm sorry, local, six, local 66 out of uh, Houston, Texas. And um, he was our first um, IEC person of color. And it makes a huge difference. Um, I can say that, um, that um, the IVP out of the fourth district has been making some um, really huge changes in how we do things and how we think about things and how we approach things. And hopefully her peers are, are looking at her and paying attention mm. because diversity makes a huge difference because you know, the status quo has to change because um, it does, it's not inclusive. And when it becomes inclusive and it becomes diverse, people have different approaches on how to do things. Um, the EWMC has something else, a, a big secret that we have is that we have what we call the, um, the, um, the training that we do, the uh, leadership training, the BLTI, Breakthrough Leadership Training Institute. That's something that's been put together and we haven't used it recently simply because of COVID and, and um, uh, being able to get around and uh, perform the training. It's not something that we would do virtually. And, but that training, um, sometimes it's a hard sell to um, encourage some business managers to say that oh, this training needs to occur because we told them that that training needs to happen for um, uh, typically women and people of color, but also we want your e-boards, um, which are typically white male to participate as well so they can get, get an education and be exposed to different, different ways of thinking about things and how to approach different things and understand more about the EWMC as well. And in that Breakthrough Leadership Training Institute, we, we work on leadership issues, we work on leadership styles, we work on mentoring. Uh, we talk about a lot of different things that uh, typically uh, women and people of color don't receive in their local union because it's typically the good old boy network. And so that's, that's really important that they um, understand that. And, they, and when, they, when those um, uh, white males that are on the e-boards, when they attend and they see that, they see, oh, they're not trying to destroy or tear anything down. They're trying to build up. They're trying to have inclusion. Um, oftentimes, um, what I like to share is that um, we weren't here 50 years ago and we won't be here 50 years from now. We're just placeholders and we're here to try to make the EWMC better. We're trying to make the IBW better and make our communities better as well as our country. And in doing that, it's gonna, it's gonna make, um, make it really um, a place that people wanna come to. And uh, it, not only um, in the IBW, but it'll, it'll spread to other labor organizations. Um, I know that Sheet Metal is currently in the process of working uh, between uh, their uh, contractors association as well as the, um, the uh, labor union to uh, establish a uh, minority affairs um, a group, um, a minority caucus within the Sheet Metal. Um, I know there's, um, I have a, a UA um, business manager in my area who uh, really was working to promote um, a, a minority caucus in uh, their local union. So it is growing and it's catching on. And, and um, I think the uh, leaders that are progressive understand that. Again, I know when we first started to try to encourage them to sponsor the BLTI 
and have them come to their local union, first thing they said, well, wait a minute, you're trying to teach, teach folks how to take over our positions, you know, run for business manager and be leaders. And, and we said, well, what's wrong with that? Maybe they can do the job better than you can. Um, just like you weren't always business manager, somebody else was business manager before you, and and then you thought you could do a better job, and and um, and sometimes that happens. But the leadership is going to change in the IBW, and I I guess I, I go back to something I learned years ago from um, a business manager in my area, in local 46, and um, he was putting on a training. Um, for his members. And what the training um, consisted of was he would bring a member out of the field and they would um, learn about their healthcare trust. They would learn about their um, training trust. They would learn about their pension trust. They would follow a business rep around for a while. They would follow an organizer around for a while. And then they would go back into the field. And his, his belief and thought was that someone was going to um, run for business manager and, and either beat him someday or he would retire and someone else was gonna come in. He didn't want someone to, to come in um, ignorant and not know about the job uh, challenges and responsibilities so that they could best serve the membership. And that's what the EWMC is about. We wanna make sure that, that we educate our folks so they have a clear understanding of what is expected of them if they do come into a leadership position and so they can better serve the IBW and the membership. And it only makes it all better. Yeah, I, I love that idea of like it, people want to say you're training your competition or or whatever, you know, someone to take over. But you don't want if that person were to win, you don't want them ignorant, a, as you pointed out. Not as far-sighted leadership. Not, that's, that's a rarity, but it's actually encouraged in a lot of ways to help our industry grow. You have to have that. So thank you for that, Brother Keith, no doubt. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I love also how you're saying, you know, as the EWMC is going in and wanting, you know, it's about educating and it's about supporting. It's not going in as you you said it much better than I am, but you know, you know, kind of wagging a finger at someone, telling them everything they've done wrong and walking out the door and saying fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're saying here, we're here. We want to make you better, we want to make us better. Let's fix it together. And I think that message is so different and it makes me very understanding of why it's a hugging conference because it it makes you feel that like no we're doing this even though it may be some tough work let's bring it in you know we're going to do it together but you mentioned membership and grace like how does someone who's listening become a member of the ewmc membership is open to all ibw members um honorary or um pensionary ibw members they can go to um, our local website, uh, www.ibew/ewmc.org, and register. Um, you know, you can. You know, we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page. You can tag any page, and it will connect you to our membership. And again, it's like it's I, EWC is open to all IBEW members, regarding of race, creed, national origin, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, political beliefs whatever, you're an IBEW member, you can be an EWMC member. That's incredible. So there's no excuse is what I, like anyone that's listening, go be a part of this, something that serves the IBW, serves community, serves each other. Um, and there's no doubt that you're going to grow right. and you're going to learn from being a part of this. So kind of last question as far as an action. So with, now we've told people how to become members what about the JTCs and AJTCs that are listening? How do they get involved? What is it they could do maybe to help, let's say, the apprentices, right? What, what do they do to get the word out to their apprentices? 
I think the best thing, the way to go about that would be to encourage membership of all the um, participants. That would be the training directors, that would be the instructors, that would be, um, of course, the apprentices, the, uh, the members to uh, join the um, EWMC. And that gives them a, a better um, understanding of what the EWMC is about. And um, also, it helps them understand that you know, like I say, that we're not an adversarial group. We're just trying to make things better. Um, I think another thing that would that helps is that um, they understand that there's ten challenges that each chapter has, and those challenges are are um, they're varied. They they go from political action to organizing to um, to um, community development. Um, doing work in the community. Um, a lot of the um, uh, things that, that help build um, our, our base in the community, and when I say our base, the IBW's base, so that um, folks have a different idea of what a, um, a labor union is really about. But and also, um, I think that every um, uh, JATC and AJATC um, would uh, be um, better served by having a mentoring program. Um, I think if they had a, um, a formal mentoring program um, that was uh, monitored on a regular basis and uh, mandatory for um, um, apprentices that are coming in, um, uh, especially uh, members, women and uh, people of color that come in, because it's, uh, it's oftentimes a hostile environment. It's certainly a different environment. And so that helps them um, see that there, there is someone that looks like me that has been successful in this industry. I can be successful as well. Also, I think it would help to perhaps have an om ombudsman. And uh, that would be someone that could hear some of the grievances and have a, an, an objective opinion about it instead of um, coming with preconceived notions about um, apprentices' concerns and issues. Too often um, we've felt that Apprentices um, don't just shut up and be quiet and do what you're told, and that um, that attitude doesn't uh, bode well with our young people today. And it shouldn't have ever been that way. Um, but um, as we transition and change, we need to grow in our thought processes as well and how we treat uh, people. They should all be treated with respect and dignity, whether they're a first uh, term apprentice or whether they're a journey level person. And so that's those are some things I think that would help um, not only um, the uh, JATCs overall, but also and the and the AJATC as well. But also it helped the um, the whole organization, the IBW, and it would help the uh, uh, NICA as well. Mm -hmm. Something that um, I'm very proud of in in my local union that it, that um, is still in, even though I've been gone from leadership there for uh, 20 years now. Um, what is um, um, still going on today is that their JATC, when they walk into the room, it's not labor and management, it's JATC, something mm -hmm. that um, I did uh, with Tim Gauthier, the chapter manager, we had a discussion and we, we said, you know what, we're going to talk to the train director and when they come into that room, they're no longer going to be management on one side of the table and, and labor on the other side of the table. They're going to be. They're going to sit around that room. Labor management, labor management, labor management, all around that table mm. because they're no longer labor management. Once they step inside that room, mm. they're JATC now, and that that mentality changes the whole way that they think about things. They don't think about it as, well, here's a member coming in and their apprentice, and 
and you know maybe management wants to treat them bad or maybe labor feels that um, they're not getting a fair shake no we're coming in as a, a jtc and we're going to look at it objectively and and we're going to treat them you know as if we're jtc we're just one group here we're not labor and management anymore and that is i think has made it a huge difference and Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that that doesn't um, that's not conveyed uh, around the country. I would I would probably just imagine I haven't talked to a lot of um, uh, JTCs, but I'm sure that uh, most of them are still sitting uh, labor on one side of the table and management on the other side, and they figure that it's a it's a battle. Well, how how can we win in this scenario? Well, you can win by integrating um, your your groups, your labor and management and becoming the JTC, not labor management anymore. And I think that that just it just bodes well. And that's something that 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 came from um, just being in the EWMC and realizing that, yeah, we're IBW first and foremost. But at the same time, that IBW over history has not been kind to us. And so we need to look at things in a different way and, and um, make sure that everyone is treated with dignity and respect. Like I say, we're not trying to destroy the organization, we're only trying to improve it. And sometimes that improvement means that um, some people will have to move aside and some people will have to um, go through some hard times and think about things differently um, because um, they've, they've thought that, that same old way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when you bring young people involved and get them involved and, and that just brings something to mind that we're making decisions for those apprentices, but at the same time, the apprentices don't have any input into it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that EWMC does, one of those uh, uh, 10 challenges is adopting a high school. Well, adopting a high school is at the end of the spectrum. And so we wanna make sure that they adopt a middle school or junior high that feeds that high school and adopting a, a elementary school that feeds that junior high or middle school. So that we have, um, uh, build relationships and get some information to young people as young as uh, the third grade. And certainly it's a different presentation that they receive in the third grade than in the sixth grade than in the ninth grade. But we have to catch them early so that we can get them so they can, if they decide that they want to be in the electrical industry, that they will be prepared and get realize their education is valuable, even though they don't intend on going to college. And there's a misconception in this country that um, if you don't do well in school, then you can be in the building trades. And that's that's very poor information that's being um, shared with our young people and with the, with their parents as well um, throughout the years. But I, <clears throat> I think that what happens with us when we get those relationships and we start building those relationships, our industry is going to be better and we're going to be it's going to be a lot easier to recruit and bring people in. Uh, from uh, disadvantaged communities and communities that have been disenfranchised over the years because um, what I found out um, a long time ago that um, there's a vast majority of our kids that um, either don't go to college or don't graduate from college. Um, And I'm talking in numbers um, around 70% of our kids that graduate from high school either do not go to college or they don't graduate from college. So we need to tell them that they need to be college ready when they come out of high school, but they can also take an um, opportunity um, to um, have a career um, opportunity in the uh, building trades and certainly in the IBW. And lastly, I would just like to share as well that one of our biggest concerns of late is, um, you know, we're 
involved in, in, in the political um, end of it, that we had people around the country that were certainly involved in the, in the midterms and especially in the, um, the runoff in Georgia. And we were successful in, um, I think, in um, making sure that um, Senator Warnock, Warnock won the election. But also um, what we um, really strive to do is to um, make sure that our, our, our young people are, are being heard and um, are being involved and listening to them. Sister Spark started um, Renew before it became Renew. Um, years ago, she said that we need to, young people need to have a voice and they need to be able to participate in what we're doing because they think differently. Their brains are work differently, but they have a voice and, and, um, and they are the future. And so we have to make sure that we, we, we tap into that future and bring them along. Um, as, and I'm sure Todd remembers this as well back in the day uh, when the apprentice came in, that, that apprentice was told to um, just carry the tools and and um, never see the blueprints and never know what you know what the job was like except for that piece that they were being told about. And uh, those days are, are over. Uh, those days are way behind us. But the other uh, main concern that we have at, at the EWMC is our P and I. Um, uh, too often the IBW tends to um, lean toward construction. And um, the majority of our membership used to come from um, uh, P&I, uh, specifically manufacturing. So we're trying to work and make sure that we um, um, hear the folks that we have in P&I, reach out and, and um, support them in their issues and concerns. And our construction locals are gonna have to do that as well. They're, that's their sisters and brothers that they're, um, mm -hmm. They, they oftentimes uh, feel that they're better than them or they don't um, listen to their issues and concerns or that's not my problem. That, that, that can't be going forward because um, especially with um, the administration we have now that just created all these jobs that, uh, going forward and we need to make sure that if we take, we're gonna take advantage of those jobs, we gotta have people that are prepared to do it. Um, if the IBW is gonna do that work and that's the intention, then we got a lot of work to do in our PI portion of our um, of our organization and our brotherhood because that needs to grow and be back. You know, we, I, I've heard numbers that you know we used to have somewhere around the half a million members in PI. Well, that we're certainly not even close to that today. And so we've got a lot of work to do. But it's gonna not only come from the EWMC, it has to come from the IBW as well. I understand, Keith. You touched on a couple of points there. I really feel passionate about myself and always encouraging the mentorship program. Big brother, big sister for our apprentices. I've said it a, a hundred times. It's definitely needed in our industry, and I thank you for bringing up my, my uh, needed concept and put into action to local programs. We have to have that to take place. There's no doubt. The numbers show we need to take that program, and it works great. So thank you for bringing it up as well. The other part is about the JATC and the committee sitting around the table in a labor management, labor management, rather than two sides of the table. Because I tell everyone here, it's all about the apprentice in our mind, our student, our apprentice, whether it's a journey level worker or CWCE, whoever it may be. Uh, that's who we're training. That's who we take care of. And, and if you take your hats off and you think about that approach, everything improves. And that's a, that comes from diversification of thought. I understand. I know exactly where it comes from. Your way of thinking, the way we think about things differently and bringing different mindsets, different choices. That's what makes it possible. So thank you for bringing up both of those as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were preaching a little bit. I thought, man, I was like, I'm in, like, I wanted to say amen and then realize this is a podcast. It's work. I'm not in church. Um, but it, it was just, you know, this idea of 
valuing people, right, R regardless of whatever, you know, age, race, identity, whatever it may be, and recognizing the importance of hearing each other, you know, and growing from that, and it just, and, and well. being a part of something bigger, and that includes, yes, like, I may be IBW, I may be Nika, but when I'm here, right, the, the benefit is together. We don't do well apart. It just, and we've learned that, right? We've learned the respect thing. I don't care if you're that first first year apprentice, first day on the job, that person feeling respect is going to help retain them and grow them, not treating them, you know, like they're, they're Correct. bottom of the totem pole, if you will. Um, Grace, any closing thoughts from you? You want to preach with us too here a little bit? <laughs> oh, he did an excellent um, uh, definition. I just, you know, EWC, again, EWC, we're, we're IBW members far and foremost, but we are uh, members who see that we can make the IBEW better. And we can make the IBEW better by going back to our locals, our job sites, our communities, and putting in the work, uh, educating our members about IBEW, um, ab about leadership within the IBEW, just making it better. And we only can do this, you know, if we have a seat at the table, if our voices are being heard. You know, we can you know, say that we're IBW members and we're going to make IBW strong and we're going to, you know, do the tenant of IBW strong, but we have to be included. We, our voice needs to be heard. And, you know, EWMC was formed 1974. I, I was uh, one year old when EWMC was founded. And, and all these years, we're still fighting for the same um, mission for when EWMC was created. And, you know, I just, I don't want, like he said, I don't, 50 years from now, we shouldn't be fighting for that same mission statement. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard the the statement, make sure I get it right, but it's nothing about me without me. And I think that's kind of, you know, in this, right? Like if we're trying to make this movement, we've got to make sure there's seats at the table. We've got to make sure voices are heard. And I cannot thank you all enough for, Really, not just for being here. I mean, I appreciate the time you took to be with us today, but also just the, the work, work that do you do. It. Oh, exactly. the work like you do every is very day. So, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, day in, day out. You're raising leadership, and and I just appreciate your your passion so much. So, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be heard. Todd, what are your thoughts after that? incredible episode. I always say they're incredible, well, but this one was. So what It was thoughts? incredible. I mean, we, the work that Keith and Grace is doing is just outstanding in the work and teaching us that, you know, that I'm always a big proponent of uh, diversification of thought, new, new ways of thinking about an existing problem or future problem or eliminating problems that come into play. They're just showing us one example, and it's a great example. It shows how we all work together and emphasizes a couple of points I truly believe, and that is a, a brotherhood, sisterhood of the IBEW. That's what makes us strong and how we, how we grow that membership, how we grow that family feeling and Showing how they do that and uh, uh, how we reach out to all people in the member industry, which is important. We need to do that. Absolutely. And I love the diversity within the EWMC, like as they talk about all that they do. Right. You know, there's this this education and right. training part. There's a community service part. There's history. You know, it's it's acknowledging who we are, where we've come from, where we're going, um, and just that, that mentorship component, the recruitment. I, I just was, you know, amazed even at that within them, what they're doing to make this possible and to make us better. That was the other thing that I think really hit home is we're not doing this to divide. We're not doing this to call out. We're saying, let's come in together Correct. and let's be better and grow. And that was just 
fantastic to me. Thank you so much, Keith and Grace, for your passion for ensuring that we not only are aware of who the EWMC is, but that we know how to get involved and we know why we should get involved. And big thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Now, remember, we do want to hear from you. I've already mentioned that like a lot. Um, So if there are topics that you would like us to cover, if you want to join us on the podcast, just send an email to say what, that's S-A-Y-W-A-T-T at electricaltrainingalliance.org. Our next episode will drop in March, and that is Women's History Month. And we're going to hear from just a few of the many phenomenal women here at the Alliance. Until then, stay connected with us through our newsletters, blog posts. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to this podcast. Stay powered up, and we will see you next time. Say what?